I didn't know. Welcome to the greatest song that you've never heard podcast. Maybe the song that saves someone's life this week. Yes. It could be that song. And uh, my name is Chris Cochran. I'm here with my good friend, compatriot, counterpart, and freedom fighter. Freedom fighter. I fight for freedom. Phil, the handle L. And yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. Easy for point. you to say. I've had too much beer, though. That's true. Clear. Phil Anderson, my, uh, my partner in this crime, where we dig deep into our libraries of songs. We pull out the ones that we feel like the greatest songs that only we've heard because we have weird taste or... Maybe someone else just passed on this one, or maybe there was some kind of controversy that kept this song shrouded in mystery. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a lot of reasons why people haven't um, heard the music that we're sharing. That's true. And uh, it could be as simple as a producer saying, no one will listen to that. That's true. And those producers should be shot. There was a, a funny story. Uh, I know I refer to the Monkees all the time because they're my favorite band, but... Mm. Uh, in the, in the last concert that I went to, right before Michael Nesmith passed away, he actually talked about a song called uh, While I Cry. And he had written this song, and it's a very sad song about um, somebody who, had, uh, who was t- saying, they all told me you'd treat me terribly, and I and I that you'd laugh while I cried, and it mm. was true. Wow. And he took it to the producers, and then the producer said, this isn't a monkey song. And they said, why not? And they said, this is way too sad. And, this is, and he goes, who in the world do you think cries more than a 13-year-old girl whose heart's been broken? And, and they ended up putting that on one of the songs. And it had never been perform, performed live wow. until this last and final tour. Really? Yes, and it was f- f- the a highlight of the whole evening. You know, so just touching on that, uh, and we've talked about the Beatles a lot recently. Right. But, I mean, they were not afraid to go a different direction at all. They went where... They were feeling they needed to go as a band. They did, but the Monkees were a different band. That's true. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you had a producer with the Monkees that said, this is not a Monkees tune. Right. Right? Did Did George Martin ever say, this is not a Beatles tune? Hell no. Paul would say, go into your yeah. room and shut up. Well, and I think that George Martin was smart enough to know that 99% of the time, they were creating like timeless music. Right. I mean, really. And so um, I have a problem, and that's in this day and age right now, if you're a music writer, a songwriter, or a musician, and want to record music, you don't need the permission of anybody else. Put it out there, Yep. and the public will tell you if they like it or not. It's true. And even if they don't like it, it's okay, because it's still yours. That's true. So anyway, I, I have a real problem with anybody trying to tell somebody it's not good enough, or it's like, that's not a monkey song. Right. Why? Right. Why not? I mean, I want to be true to you. <laughs> Come I'll on. be true to you. Yeah, I'll yeah. be true to you. Yeah. A terrible song. But I mean, it's a monkey's tune. But, it will always be a monkey's tune. I want to buy me a dog. How about two different monkey songs? Yes. I want to be free was my favorite because it was their answer to yesterday. But it's literally like, hey, I love you. Kind of. But I just want to be free. I like a wanna, bluebird. Like I want to hold your hand, walk along the sand, laughing in the sun. That's right. Always having fun without any strings to tie me That's down. Those are the actual lyrics of the song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to be free. I want to be free. I'll be true to you. Um, oh. I want to buy me a dog. Classic, yes. by the way. Yes, absolutely. Phil, you got a song for us today that is not any of those that we've heard so far. No, it's not. Have you uh, looked? You've got uh, the lyrics? The lyric sheets just say, here you go. Yeah, those are three words that are not in this song. Okay, I hope so. Because <laughs> that would be really a weak song. That would be. Lyrically, this song is challenged. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, have we ever played? So what we're going to listen to is... Yakety sax? Don't talk back. Uh, is instrumental mm. and, and it also has no words. <laughs> As opposed to those instrumentals that are full of lyrics. That's right. So uh, this has some meaning to me, but the song has got so many different flavors to it and I had to bring it to the table. All right. So let's let's get a little let's get a little Latin stuff going. Okay. All right, let's do it.
All right. Well, I will say this. Uh, you said this is a very important song for you, so I won't make fun of it. But I will say this sounds I, I'm starting to think that you have an affinity for songs that should be 80s sitcom theme songs, because this sounds like one of those songs at the very beginning of the song, especially that you would see like this family running around with a kid who's somehow special, like Small Wonder, Webster, or something along those lines, uh, and, and an ABC sitcom on a Thursday night. This is what I hear when I listen to this song. See, I hear more probably Tuesday or Wednesday night. I'm not sure Thursday. Okay. Here's the deal. I knew, so I've been waiting on this song, because I'm like, you know, I know Chris doesn't really like saxophone, and my guess is the soprano sax is probably his least favorite, all the saxes. Because there are, there are times in the song that it's like, this guy gets way up there, yeah. really high, and can and can be annoying, but the positives of this song to me far outweigh those negatives. Okay, I listen to this song and literally my eyes close, and it's it's just in my whole being. Hmm. I have a uh, playlist on Spotify called Mowing the Lawn. Okay, usually Is, very high upbeat songs. Is that what you do while you're painting? No, oh, mow, okay. mowing the lawn. Okay, I. Uh, Sometimes painting. Actually, I have listened to it while painting. Okay, okay. Only when I need to get a project done. Because gotcha. it does move me to move very quick. Um, and this is one of the songs on there. But it's not a high energy song the whole time. But some of the... First of all, the different personalities of the song, I love. I love the Latin rhythms through the entire song. I love some of the bass... Uh, just some of the bass licks yeah. at some points of the song. The keyboard parts, just I love to no end, especially that last one. I just, there's a lot of components of the song that I absolutely love. At the very beginning of this song, there's a continual rim shot. Yeah. And it made me remember taking piano lessons with a metronome. That's what with, it made me feel like. With a click. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, it's funny. Uh, when I played music at the church, uh, there's a click. I turned that click down. I, I just, first of all, the drummer's right next to me. Right. If I'm listening to a click and the drummer's a little off, that's going to screw everything up. And I had a hard enough time playing as it was. <laughs> I didn't need any more challenges. So I turned the click all the way off. I had the drummer right there. But it, but I do get it. Uh, and that's one of the things I actually like from this song too. It, again, there's so many personalities. Mm. Um, I, I knew it was a, a risky play. It, yeah. And it's over six minutes. so It was really long. <laughs> and so I knew it was a risky play, but that's not the shortest song that I will bring to the table. It was really long, says the guy who brought a 10-minute long rock oh, opera to the table. I'm going to blow that 10-minute one out of the water at some point. <laughs> it's just a matter of when. Okay, okay. I just have to make sure it's the time is right. And it's So, Phil, tell us, there. who was this? What's the name of the song? And why do you think it's not one of the greatest songs that's more popular? Uh, so the artist is Vic Cianetti. Okay. If you knew that name, I would probably bow to you right now. I have no clue who Vic Cianetti is. Vic Cianetti was a fixture in the 80s Denver jazz scene. Oh, you see, I should have known that. Well, there's a story behind this. In the 80s, I took a visit down into Denver to visit my oh, great aunt and you know cousins down there. Yeah. And they took us to there's a place called the Brown Bear. I think it's a Brown Bear restaurant. There's a couple. There's one that's a not a very expensive one, and there's one that's really expensive. I thought we were going to the not expensive one, mm. and uh, it was a very, it's very high end, and had a great night. And then went back home, and then my cousin took us out to a club, and this guy was playing. 
Huh. I bought two of his albums that night. Wow. Signed them. He signed it. I didn't I thought you meant you signed them. It's like, I'm going to sign your album, Vic. Uh, this guy had, was it a baritone sax? This big, mon, just monster sax. Wow. And But, I mean, he played all the saxes. If you tell me that you woke up the next morning in a hotel room with Vic Cianetti, this will be the greatest song of all time. It still, it still can be with me not... Okay. Like, okay, right? Uh, I was married at the time. And uh, no, I was staying at my at my great aunt's. Okay, okay. Whew. Because <laughs> that could have been really gone the wrong way. But uh, that night was so much fun. Mm. To, it's like going to Jazz Alley in Seattle. And you right. just hit, see great art artists there. Some you know, some you don't know. Right. This guy came from New York and re- started his... Uh, his career there, and then he started working regular jobs, and he retired. Really? Yeah, until like 2000, when he resurrected these albums. I can't find anything back from the 80s. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the albums that I have at home that right. he signed were from the 80s. Are they on record? Yeah. They're LPs. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, very much. And so um, I, this is from 2001, because it's, 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 the album is Simpatico. Okay. I believe it's Simpatico um, Deleted is what it, they call it. Simpatico Deleted. And this is one of a, a number of songs, I mean, maybe five or six songs on that album, that all of the songs are pretty good, but they have a Latin influence. Yeah. You could hear the percussion all the way through the song. And the thing that strikes me, here's a guy that, here's a guy, um, here's a guy that is really not in mainstream at all. Right. And, uh, you know, you expect people that, haven't made it in the air quotes in the music world right are just not as good as those who have and it's just not the case you know it's so funny that you say that there was a this is a true story i was working for a startup uh in the mid 2000s like 2005 or something along those lines and um we were we were taking i was helping take them through a pivot where they were going to be online talk shows to something else and in the course of doing that i had to see what was going on in the local live music scene and take the founder of this company who was in his 60s around to a bunch of clubs in seattle and show him what was going on in live music because we were talking about becoming a streaming channel for Mm -hmm. live music which nobody was doing at the time back in the day where streaming was a word nobody knew right right yeah uh and so i ended up at the tractor tavern in seattle which is an infamous place which by the way, I think is now closed because of the pandemic and they may never open again, which is a tragedy. Yeah, a lot of businesses are there. But right? I end up there on a random Thursday night and there's a band playing called Death Ships mm. who does not sound anything like you think the song, uh, the songs from a band called Death Ships would sound. They were just a straight up four on four rock and roll. Wow. Really good. I mean, the vocalist was fantastic. They were super tight and they had done one album at that point. And these bands use these platforms and and venues to tighten everything up. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I remember meeting their manager in the back of the room. And there's literally probably 50 people in the room. You're not going to tell me you woke up with them the next morning. (laughs) No, I did not. Uh, They were opening for some other band that everybody knew in the area. And I didn't know who they were. And I'm like, this is probably the greatest undiscovered band in the country. And then I started realizing there are a thousand of these bands right right. now. And I asked the, their manager, I'm like, how is this band not signed to a major label? How are they not huge? And he goes, we have no clue because they play like this every single night. And I bought their album and it's still one of my desert Island discs. I would listen to this album for 
forever. So I know exactly what you feel for this song, even though I don't get it. Uh, I know exactly what you feel for this song because I was there for Death Ships in 2006 or 2005 and nobody else will have any clue who those people are. Now I have a, a two responses to that. Yes. One is you've just given us a precursor of something down the road and the greatest song we never heard. Yeah, but I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> but uh, you said something about... Uh, Bands that don't make it and then just give up, right? Yeah. This is, and you had talked about, uh, I talked about Vic Cianetti uh, retiring. Burned out by life in nightclubs and frustrated that is original music. This is original music. Mm. Couldn't find a wider audience. He stuck his horn case under the bed in a guest room and began earning a living as a real estate man and salesman for the Better Business Bureau. Wow. You know, and then he, I, I think he played a, like a, he just like got some friends, maybe some band members or whatever back together and played a little thing at home. And people are like, dude, you still have it. The guy is a really good musician. And when you talk about jazz, you've got a lot of moving parts. Right. And what struck me about the song is there are a ton of moving parts. There's a lot of, at the last stance, there's a lot of stuff going on. Keyboard players getting off going the bass player is going. The, the drums are going. You got the horns going with the melody in there, right? Right. A lot of syncopated um, music and moving parts. And I thought it worked. It was really close to being too much noise, too cluttered. I didn't think so. I just thought, I just think that song is really good. And, and part of this podcast is to um, expose, again, greatest song you never heard. This is, nobody's heard of this artist. Totally. Ever, right? Unless you were like deep into the early 80s jazz scene in, in Denver. Denver. That's right. So this gives you an opportunity, if you thought this was good at all, I mean, to maybe, go and look at some of that. I'm no expert on jazz music, but I'm thinking maybe if you want to make it in the jazz world, Denver's probably not your best place to start. Well, now it wouldn't matter. <laughs> then, that's true. Then it probably did matter. Right. Yeah, you're going to want it in New York, Chicago. <laughs> Anywhere but Denver. <laughs> Maybe you know somewhere in the south, like Nolens or something like that. Oh, L.A. jazz scene and all of that. So, And probably a little bit of Seattle. Yeah. And they churned out, you know, Kenny G. That's true. <laughs> you can't go Along wrong with, with Ray it. Charles and a bunch of other people. Quincy yeah. Jones. Yeah. That's right. So that's anyway, that is... That's something I wanted to bring to the table. Uh, I know it's a, it's a bit of a reach, but I just feel so strongly about this song. It, it's got so much meaning for me. And I listen to it again with these headphones on and it brings it out even further. Mm. So, Well, next week, Phil, and I'm going to give a little tease on what I we're going to listen to wait. next week. Uh, we're going to listen to a song that is the exact opposite of this. It's an it's an artist that everyone's heard of. Okay. It's an artist that everybody knows. It's an artist that everyone will go, of course, and yet you will not know this song. I guarantee you will not know this song. It's and a, when I play it, you'll be like, wait, who? Is it a big African-American gospel singer? It is not. Really? Nope. I cannot wait. Uh, till next week. Where can people find us? Oh, do you really? Sure. Let's go with that. Facebook, the greatest song you never heard on Facebook. Greatest song you never heard.com on the World Wide Web. And of course, GSYNH podcast is our handle on Twitter. All three places you can have a conversation, which will likely be me. Or you can just call and text me as Chris has given out my number in the past. <laughs> so until next week, we've already given you a tease. You know, go out and listen to some good music. Absolutely. And we'll see you next week on The Greatest Song You've Never Heard podcast. Mm-hmm.